0: Hey, you. I was literally... Kevin and I were just sitting down just now about to record this <laughs> what, ad for, what you're
1: listening to right now. That's yeah.
0: right. For JC Entertainment and Events. And I was sitting there I was like, why can't I hear anything? And it's because my headphones weren't plugged in. And if you are equally that level of tech literacy, <laughs> um, then JC Entertainment and Events are literally the people that you need to be speaking to. Uh, they do everything to do with their production, delivery, management, equipment hire,
1: and they're from the Central Coast. Then head to jcentertainment.com.au and they will help you with your production needs. Now, we're really excited because this podcast is sponsored by Zencaster. And you might be thinking, well, hang on these guys and their sponsorships. But listen here, Zencaster is actually someone we've been partnering with and using their platform with long before, well not long before we start the podcast, I'd be nearing impossible, but we've been using <laughs> Zencaster for quite a while to help us with our podcasting needs.
0: Yeah, yeah. It dates back to well before you were born that we've been using Zencaster. <laughs> no, uh, it's a really, really good platform. If you are into podcasting or want to record yourself uh, like doing interviews, conversations, etc., it is the best and the go-to
1: that we use uh when it comes to doing that online and we have an offer for you if you go to zencaster.com pricing and use our code homebrewed you'll get 30 percent off your first month of any zencaster paid plan
0: that's it go do it we want you to have the same easy experiences that we do for all of our podcasting and content needs it's time to share your story
1: hey aaron just before we start i got a quick question for you have you ever tried natural deodorants I actually have a
0: story, and I will say for our listeners, this is genuine. I used to work uh, with a, with a bloke, great bloke. He had a partner at the time. She would make natural deodorant. I would give him five dollars to take home, or ten dollars, whatever it was, to her, and, she, and and return with this little tube of natural deodorant that had been made. It was awesome. Uh, I loved it because I wasn't too keen on aerosol. Then they broke up.
1: Oh no. And,
0: and so I lost, you lost your hookup. I lost my natural deodorant. This is like two or three years ago. I have not had it since and I have wanted it since because but but nothing I've seen on supermarket shelves has satisfied me.
1: Well I have some great news for you because this podcast is now sponsored by Wild. They're a natural deodorant that actually works they have a fully sustainable design with an aluminium case for life and biodegradable and recyclable refills it's also convenient because you can go on plans that are delivered straight to your door you don't have to worry about rushing out to the grocery store when you oh hang on i'm out of deodorant uh, it's also eco-friendly and all natural ingredients aluminium and parable free as well as vegan and cruelty free So go wild today with a special discount of 25% off your first order when you use code HOMEBREWED at checkout. Go to wearewild.com and use code HOMEBREWED at checkout. Enjoy.
0: Simon Daly is a man who's been in and around the Australian music space, particularly festival spaces for a long time. We're lucky enough to be joined by Simon now as we are only a couple of weeks out for one of his latest um, kind of projects in the Wanderer Festival held down on the south coast of New South Wales. So, Simon, welcome to Homebrew. Thanks so much for coming on.
2: No worries. Thanks for inviting us.
0: Yeah, it's it's great to have you with us because, you know, for those who don't know much about Simon Daly, this is uh, the founder of Falls Festival, Lost Lands Festival. Definitely knows Australian music well, and putting on events like this. Um, you're now running the Wanderer Festival, founded the Wanderer Festival, and part of running that too. For those that haven't heard of of the Wanderer Festival, could you give us just a bit of a rundown of of what to expect?
2: Yeah, I guess. Um, well, the one, the the Falls Festival, everybody would be pretty familiar with, um, which I started when I was 21 and and ran for 20 years, and. That was probably more a festival geared, you know, like a splendor or like a um, or, or probably even more of um, like the, the festivals you're seeing now that are popping up like changing tides. And I think you've got one up near the entrance too,
0: rolling um, sets. The early
2: December. And the, yeah, rolling set, so probably more of that demographic. And then after running that for 20 years, um. I sort of took time out for three years and then i started this festival called the lost lands which was more of a family festival um and geared at kind of introducing young kids as in five to 12 year olds into art and theater and comedy and circus but you know particularly music as well and it's kind of just that inspiration of converting young ones to arts you know before they're lost to screens and computer games and everything else and and so on, but the but COVID kind of put paid to that, and and we, you know, as so many in the industry got impacted there, and probably it was a good thing because it it was a passion, but in terms of actually making it work long term, I don't think it, it it was going to make it, um, even though it was a beautiful festival, and then um, but through that time, I was really lucky to be stranded in Pambula. At the very beginning of COVID, and um, and my family and I were homeschooling in the caravan park for for um, four months, and in the end, we moved across the road, and and kids are now three years in and absolutely loving here, and and it's be, it's become home. But part of that was we went to a um, just a meeting in the local town, and somebody dobbed me in that I was the Falls Festival founder, and they were talking about trying to get people back down to this region because like so many places had you know done it hard with the fires and done it hard with um covert as well and so yeah once the room decided had worked out that the falls festival founder was there they sort of turned to me about you know what could we do for this area And, and funnily enough there's some small really beautiful festivals here and sort of folk and indigenous and um and classical but but not actually sort of probably like what a wanderer is. There probably hasn't been something of that scale or size ever in the far south coast. And so I kind of found it really inspiring. And once that seed's dropped, for me, I usually just grab things with even if I don't want to, I end up just doing it. And um, and so Wanderer was born. And it, it, it kind of was an, a chance to kind of bring together the best of what the falls was to me. Um, but also what Lost Lands was as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a really unique festival, like really, it's really different in the sense that you've got a, overall it's Wanderer and, and we have this way of describing our audience of Wanderers, which is typically a festival goer who um, may not have family or kids but just loves their music and loves the festival. But then we have Lost Landers that fit within it as well and it's very much a festival within a festival, which is the Lost Lands element. So we have Lost Landers. And we've got areas that are very designed for it where Wanderers are all breaking music and that Wanderer stage is, is, you know, really cutting edge and, and, um, you know, some great comedy and music and and so on. Lost Lands is more of a family programming and then the main stage is the coming together of all as one. And um, so, it, and it, it's amazing just how well it works, and 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 why it's designed that way. There's nothing stopping a wanderer from being in the lost lands and enjoying the family programming, and there's nothing stopping a kid like my kids who are ten and fourteen who are just want they don't want anything to do with the family programming. They just want to be at wanderer stage and watching all the breaking artists and and so on. So it's a yeah, it's just different, and the, and that's that feeling of at a festival, which is the design but it isn't necessarily how it would work but it did work last year for the first time and that's that really broad demographic where if you're 20 you feel like it's your festival if you're 40 you feel like it's your festival if you're 55 60 it's your festival if you're a 10 year old at lost lands it's yours it's really yeah it was really great the way it it, the way it, it, it was and it, and to me Probably more fulfilling because it, it had a such a stronger
0: community sense too, more than any festival
2: I've ever put together.
0: It's um yeah, it's fantastic. And just having a look at the lineup, it's it's absolutely massive. This does run over three days. Um it's it's in second year now. We've got Sampa the Great, um, artists like Ben Lee, Northeast Party House, Little Quirks who were from the Central Coast, Teen G's and the Gene yeah. Teasers, Tijuana got cartel ocean alley thelma plum jungle giants spider bait kevin morby like you're just pulling on these artists that really cover such a, a wide range there's so much diversity in that and i can you can see now it's it's hitting those notes uh in terms of family uh you know young people anyone anyone has a pull to it i was looking through the lineup, going this is fantastic um uh, so in terms of actually arranging a lineup like that with such diversity and pulling it all together, how hard was it to, to get all of those people in one place at roughly the same time? It's
2: actually, it's, it's actually super tricky. to you when you program, like in my early years of Falls, I used to program kind of one platform of, of just a lot of variety, like a lot of, um, but kind of too much variety and not really a theme. Like there'd be metal, there'd be punk, there'd be hip hop, there'd be um, you know, indie artists, and and it would actually, I think it confused punters. It confused, probably confused me. It confused everyone. Like if you're a, if you're a, a massive fan of punk, but then you're going to, along to see, you know, Michael Franti and John Butler, you're thinking, oh god, this is, you know, this isn't like a punk festival that I was wanting to go to. And conversely, if you're a huge fan of, you know, of, of an Ocean Alley and a, you know, and a. Um, and a, and a John Butler or something like that, or a Plum. But then the rest of the lineup was just straight out punk. You'd be thinking, "Ah, oh, I just can't wait to see these three acts." But the rest of it's it's confused. And for a while there, I programmed that way, like in the, in the sort of late nineties. And um and then I moved into more of a consistent sort of just chose my genres and dropped some genres that wasn't you know what Falls was to me and where I wanted to take Falls. And, um, and, it, and it kind of went through the trends a little bit as well. It went through a bit of a roots thing, then it went to a really indie kind of element, and then it kind of crossed into indie electro. And it, it went with the times a bit, but it was a slower, more organic kind of a thing, and it was. but it, but it has a theme. And I, I just think that the best programming is where you can stick to what you are and, and you know, whatever your festival is and whatever the festival you're putting together is. You know, there's definitely a place for just a straight out punk festival and a metal festival, and those ones are doing so great because they know they know what they are. And um, and so for me, that's challenging because I am a little bit more broad in that in that demographic, and I'm a little bit more broad in that um, in the genres of programming. But but if you look through it all, it, as much as there's different genres, they sort of pull together as as a feel and, um, yeah. and how they you know what they like.
0: That's the impression I had going through it. Yeah, it was just like there's cohesiveness to this lineup and there's a clear identity to the festival. And I'd be interested in your reflections. I mean, having generated and created what is a successful event um, from all accounts last year's event was was, uh, heralded as a massive success. In 2023, we're seeing a much harder environment for some festivals to operate falls the festival that you founded uh isn't going ahead this year for the first time excluding Mm. the pandemic in its 20 plus years of existence um we've seen just recently this that festival cancelled a number of festivals cancelled throughout the year because of uh cost of living uh, supply chain all of those various things ticket sales etc um how do you kind of place what you're doing now in that context and and do you think that uh, having that strong identity or maybe a smaller scale is part of what is meaning you're not having to, to make those hard decisions at this stage?
2: Yeah. Well, I suppose <clears throat> backtracking and lots of an epic question. Um, so Falls, I got out of Falls in 2013 um, and that was, it was a family business and we were running three festivals in three states on the same night, um, Tassie, Byron Bay, Lawn. Forty-five thousand people, you know, spread over the years, and and just with my wife running Tassie, and my sister was my GM, my mum was my bookkeeper, and I was doing lawn, and we had friends doing Byron, and so it was the right time to jump out. Um, but you know, the challenges since has been really significant, and I was probably super lucky. I didn't know about a pandemic, but in the end, it was fortuitous. Um, and then coming out of that, you know, yeah, like Falls is 20, 25, 26 years in it was after, you know, I did those 20 and then I think there was five or six more. And at that point, up until this year, it, it actually was the longest running touring festival in Australia. So super sad to see that, um, you know, have to take the year out and, and who knows what that future is and same with this and that. Um, it's a it's a it's definitely a tough time because people have had to get used to going back out again used to going to festivals again trusting in festivals again that they're actually are occurring so i think there's kind of a lot of things there and, and the best thing you can do is just be consistent in your messaging and, and consistent in delivering what you're going to deliver and be unique um i think the time where you're just a rock festival and you've got a couple of stages and you've um and you know just turn up drink some beers at the bar and watch the music i think that there is, you know, there's room for it, but it's largely I think you've got to be better than that and, um, and delivering something. And, and probably, you know, we're, we're definitely aiming on being more on the boutique side and are looking for a, a crowd of, you know, around 9,000 will be our cutoff, which is keeping it super intimate. Um, probably, you know, that as you look at that program, it probably befits a far bigger festival audience, but we, we really, you know, value kind of keeping it as an intimate experience. And, um doing it well but but you know costs of running festivals definitely have gone up and um insurance across the board it's 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 a more challenging time so you know it, it means you've got to be really you know definitely on your game
0: yeah it's certainly not an easy climate and i, and I was also interested in in the capacity because i thought it was a little bit higher but 9 thousand being the cutoff for wanderer that would bring with it advantages for both punters and organizers because logistically it's not as enormous and punters you know like it's it is better off to have. I mean, I saw people coming out of Splendor this year who were really happy that it didn't sell out because it meant that their toilet lines and their bar lines and all of those things went a little bit smoother and they had reception and all of those kind of things. So do you think that smaller um, capacity and and then, of course, the boutique experience is really working to your advantage in this climate?
2: I think, I mean, that's, you know, that feedback you had on How Good Wanderer was last year is based off that experience where where punters are, are just, you know, there's no line for a drink, there's no line for lose. You can be close up and watch any stage you want and, um, and you know, feel that you're very much front pro. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting, like I always get quizzed and, and many do um, have VIP tickets for a festival, you know, and a VIP experience. And um, in my 45 festivals that I've run, I've actually never sold a VIP ticket and my theory on that is is that, you know, everybody should be getting a VIP experience and having great access to everything that a VIP would expect to have. And I've just kind of always lived by that. And um and I think that's, you know, a really important part of a putting on a good festival.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. There is someone who got a free upgrade to a VIP ticket once at a festival and it wasn't even it wasn't even worth what people would have paid for that too. So I think to just design the experience around everybody getting something like that is a is a far better approach. Um, on the festival yeah. itself, it's kind of revolving around these three tenants um sustainability creativity and community um could you break down how they'll kind of play out in the festival space itself i mean sustainability is a particularly interesting one because of the scale of these events um yeah how how does that play out as as the yeah festival unfolds?
2: Like it's that's been a big one for me like <clears throat> since day dot i mean i'm a beach lover surfer ocean you know and always have loved the environment and have always done a recycling even through the 90s we'd always recycled and made sure that our bush was you know pristine because you couldn't have them you know bringing thousands into a pristine environment and then just leaving it not how it was and but then you know over the through the 2000s and, and into the 10s and now now we've you know learned so much more about the impacts of plastics and everything that we've brought to our environments and and festivals are just so important to Educate and give people a subtle education of how it can be, and, and you know what you might bring back into your normal lives. So Wanderers was, was no different. Last year we um, actually introduced a thing where we there wasn't a regular waste bin in the festival grounds. You, there, from a caterer, all the caterers, the market stalls, everybody had to have stuff that was compostable or recyclable, and campers the same they're given bags to bring whatever they brought that wasn't in that those two categories to take home with them and so the actual bins of the event there wasn't an ability to use a waste bin and that that's just an just an an unreal kind of philosophy for people to kind of think right how can we just eliminate all of our general waste and and they did it was a you know that was a, a hugely rewarding experience and to a point where on the last day you sometimes you see those photos of Campgrounds being vacated and seas of tents and chairs and whatever else. Um, and our two main campgrounds, I had half a garbage bag to pick up of rubbish from both campgrounds of people who'd left. Well wow. because, you know, they just left it spotless. So there's so people just embrace the ethos and and you know, that that kind of as an event organizer, you end up winning on the other end because you don't have just a sea of rubbish to pick up because people get it and And you know you just got to help them because everyone wants to do the right thing. It's just how how do you enable that? But this year, stepping forward, we're actually going one step bigger again, and I'm not sure it's been done on a bigger festival scale. I've seen it done on a small one, Um, and that is we're going working with B Alternative to bring in a system where all of our caterers have all their um, crockery and and um, you know cutlery, and it and and right from the very beginning, the first plate you're served and first first um, you know, meal you get, you're you're getting it on actual proper bamboo quality um crockery and cutlery. And then that goes into the into a wash system. So you'll be dropping off your any food scraps into the organics and then um and then it gets deposited into these big bins, which then go off to our wash station crew and everything's washed and then put back into the into the system, back into the caterers again. So so our waste should technically come to almost nothing this year, which will, be, which will be an awesome part of Wanderer.
0: How good is that? And it's such a fantastic so, blueprint for other events too. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it can all seem too hard, but when you demonstrate that this can be done and you get the community that's at your festival on board, uh, it's, it's a very powerful thing. So that's, that's great to see.
2: Yeah. And it, it comes with its challenges, like the environmental stuff, like we don't actually have any sponsors. And I'd love sponsors, and if there's anybody out there listening to Post FM who think that they'd like to push their sustainable burrow and they don't have any, um, any sampling to do that's packaging-related because it's amazing, you know, most of the sponsors that approach us just, have just got sampling and we just have to say no because um, they're usually got a plastics element. Um, so there's, you know, it, you're sacrificing, but for the, for the greater messaging, it's just, you know, it's not, comp- you know, can't compromise that. So yeah so that's an awesome one and um, then community is so much in the community space with the just with the coming together of wanderers and lost landers as I was explaining earlier from families to the, to you know young festival goers to, to even the oldies like you know we've, we've even got we've got a volunteer organisation of 340 volunteers and there's a 79 year old in the in, you know one of our volunteers and so the so through the volunteers to the um, to the community who put together all of the decor is just so much colour and so on and that's all often handmade stuff right through the Bega Valley down here from people of all walks of life to the community rock and roll band the Big Lost Band that's that's a pretty epic um, it's and you know and festivals themselves have, have their own sense of community so. So that's, you know, that's a, a strong part of what Wanderer is and why Wanderer has felt more like a community festival than anything I've ever put together, um, you know, really embraced by the people of this region who are, I think, the friendliest people on earth. They're just, when you when you live six or seven hours from a major city and you've got a reasonably big community but not that big a community and a shared love of a beautiful environment, as you would know from your Aladala upbringing, people just, they just work as a community. It's and the volunteerism is just incredible. And, um, so that's 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 an amazing part of, of Wanderer that we've been able to sort of bear through what's already here. Um. And then what was the other
0: core tenant? Creativity, of course, <laughs> which which probably yep. yeah 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 figures and that and that is yeah like like just the, the the big lost band
2: and the um and you know so much so much of that stuff that's in that lost lands programming and. Um, you know, there's an endless ability to be creative, but in some ways, has kind of tripped me over a little bit because we dreamt and imagined and put Wanderer together last year, yeah. and it just landed on the ground so well that there's actually not that much change in terms of stages, spacings, timings. Everything was really great. It, it was there's just more of and a bit better, but but you know. It would have been better if it was not so great last year and I'd be going, right, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this, but it actually landed just so well.
0: It's, um, it's exactly how you want a festival to to work out. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Wanderer yeah. Festival is certainly not broke. Uh, it's all going down last weekend of September and into October, October, 29th of September, 1st of October, 2023. Pambula Beach, New South Wales. You're almost in far South Coast territory of New South Wales. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, I can vouch for how lovely it is down there, so... Get yourself down there if you haven't already. It's Wanderer Festival in its second year stacked lineup. Check it out on their website, wanderer.com. One other, d- one other
2: thing I thought I should say. Yeah, go that, for it. That I keep missing. And it's funny, the the marketing manager I had last year who was from the north New South Wales and very far away from anything that AFL and to a lesser extent NRL related. And she shied away from us talking about the football. Um, And because it's a long weekend and there is the AFL Grand Final and there is the NRL Grand Final, we've got a a huge 16-square-metre LED LED screen and we've got a big PA to go with it. And so that is a proud part of Wanderer as well, um, where people can, you know, for two hours take a break from programming if they've got a team or they've got a, you know, they're following something in there nrl or afl then um you know then there's an ability to go and watch that and then slip back into the after game programming which probably outdoes both of those codes
0: yeah, I did see this before as well, actually. So thank you for, for reminding this. That's fantastic having that. And I mean, it's so in- entwined with our culture in Australia. It's, it it'd is, be remiss yeah. to miss out on that. So um, you've literally got no excuse not to go down to Wanderer Festival. It's on the South Coast, Pamela Beach, 29th of September to the 1st of October. Uh, just a stacked lineup, which uh, I mean, we don't have time to read it all out here, but do check it out. Uh, Simon Daly, it's been a pleasure to be able to pick your brain about this festival uh, and your wealth of knowledge when it comes to music music. Uh, wishing you all the very best for the second iteration of Wonder If it's all
2: Thanks Matt. <clears throat> Much appreciated.